Business Podcast. Proximity is power. Registration for our executive boardroom is still open. To learn more, click the link in the description of this episode. Okay, I am very fortunate today to be joined by Candy Wyndham. Candy is a leadership development coach. She has had her own business for five years, and she's been doing it for 20 years prior to that. And she works primarily with small and medium-sized businesses. But Candy, I think you can open your mind and expand that because what you can do small, you can do big. So if you're running with me at any point, woman, I'm going to kick you out of your comfort zone as much as possible um, and get you out of your threshold of control because yeah, growth is one of my primary uh, my primary drivers. Um, and so let's just jump right into this. Um, I want to give you a little background. We I explained to you briefly that I believe and what I teach entrepreneurs is there's eight in what my belief is in being in business for 30 years is that there's eight fundamental building blocks that we need to work on and master in order to build the machine that's going to run itself, right? So the first one is mindset. If you don't have the right mindset, the rest of it falls apart. Your education, all your skills, it doesn't matter if you don't have the mindset, right? So that's the cornerstone. And the very next one, which I think is cool and where this is going to focus a lot of our attention today is leadership. And, and you first have to be able to lead yourself. That's my belief. Um, and then the third is culture, which I love. This is what you teach. It was like leadership and culture. So, and and like I said, you probably mindset's one of the things you teach them too. So you're right in the very base part of that. And then I've got sales. I've got uh, accounting and finance, marketing, uh, optimization, and uh, finally strategic planning. So with that in mind, I just want to um, to ask you, when you go into these businesses, what's the number one or the largest deficiency that you uncover in leaders today? Well, first, JP, thank you so much for having me here. I really, really enjoyed your invitation. This is an honor to be here just to share so many gold nuggets to your audience right now. So the first thing, just to answer your question, the first thing that I find out is like you're right, the mindset. The mindset with the companies, when they are running with this issue about attracting talent or retaining talent, is leadership. But they feel like they have to just only train the top leaders so they can resolve the problem. But the problem is from the bottom to the top. And from the top to the bottom, that's what I said, is the 360. And the one thing that stopped them in, and it's one block that I find out every single time that I'm working with a company, is pride. Pride? Yes, it's pride. So what it means, pride, probably some people feel like, what is the, what do you mean about pride? So pride means that when I'm teaching something, when I'm, I'm developing then and doing some group coaching, they said, oh, I know this. I already heard this before. I know this. So my question always is, okay, do you know this? How much time do you really apply this information? Right. I I can't stand that when I was so I had a manufacturing company with almost 40 employees. We had 39. And um, and then the people I coach with, when I hear I know, it's really frustrating as a coach or a business leader because when when somebody knows, they close themselves off to learning. Exactly. And that's exactly what has happened. And I have to start with teaching the six 
key fundamentals. And one of them is the number one is pride. You know, that you they have to be open-minded. They have to be able to say that the, the moment that they jump into my leadership training and leadership coaching, they have to be open-minded to receive anything as a brand new information and implement it. And that's exactly what we do. We help them implement it step-by-step everything that we teach. Right. And I love, I love this. There's, there's two things I want to share with you. One is um, if when they say they know it, then ask them to teach it. And I say, because if you can't teach it, you don't really know it. And if you don't know it, you won't use it and grow on it. So if you know it here, you teach it then. That'll shut them up, put their pride into shape. I know you're not going to do that to your clients, but I would do that to some employees, right? You're not going to do that to clients. We do that to employees. And um, what was the other piece? Oh, and the other thing that you can think about this with uh, in the pride thing, years ago um, when the George Floyd thing went down, um, a, a friend of mine, Larod, and I, I contacted him. I said, hey, we got to do some Facebook live videos and discuss race. Um, from a white man's perspective on the West Coast and a black man's perspective on the East Coast. And it was really interesting. We did this for about eight weeks for two hours uh, at a shot for eight weeks. And what we uncovered in the first episode was this concept of not trying to be right, trying to get it right. And that's where you got to get the pride out of the way. Yes. And, And trust me, pride is something that I'm still working on. Everyone is still, every leader is still working on that because in some point we have a resistance to learn something new. And that is why we have this four steps of learning. We unconsciously do things and we have incompetency on doing some other things. And there are other things. So when, when a leader feels frustrated, you know, like they are in the middle, the two or the third step of the learning a strategy, they actually, they close themselves. That's when they feel stuck. They feel like this is not working. My team doesn't listen to me. They, they, whatever you're giving me is because they have this block of what I'm giving to them and what they are receiving is, is, is a rejection. And to be able for me to work in that re- rejection, I have to actually pretend we go through this exercise. Okay, let's pretend today that you're doing this what do you think it's going to be so we're going into the future pace so they can see themselves doing it being successful in what they're doing and then they will be able to boom implement it so it's great that mm-hmm. way i like that mm-hmm. i like that so the number one was pride what's number two? Oh my goodness <laughs> I want to. I, I don't want to get into that. But the other way, okay. but uh, the number two that I can share because I want to give you a little bit. You know, you can if you want to learn this, you can just make your comments. Can you share more? I will be able to share more. Sure, we'll be happy to share the training about it. But the number two that is actually the top two that stop any leader to move forward and to be successful in any organization is perfectionists. Perfectionism. Yep. Yep. It's the lowest possible standard. Yes. It creates anxiety and it's never good enough. And you will burn out your teams with that. Exactly. Because already as business owners, nobody can do it as good as we can. Why? We have more experience than everybody. And I'm talking smaller businesses, you know, nobody's got as much experience and nobody cares as much as we do. 
and and no, nobody has their entire life riding on the line of that business like we do, right? Mm-hmm. So um, the perfectionism. I've I've worked with some folks that had that disease. No bueno. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you speak Spanish. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> but I you know that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so perfectionist is the killer of any businesses because everything is worse and tried improving, tried improving. So you always got to try something new, see if it works. If it doesn't work, try some new method. Like, you know, Tony Robbins mentioned, like all their gurus mentioned, you have to keep doing what you're doing until it works, but you have to change it. You cannot just continue doing the same. So the perfectionists, they feel like, oh, I need to have this step number one to this eight, one by one, step by step. And normally when a leader is having this, problem with the organization is because they have a IC mindset, IC personality. I don't know if you understand yeah. about the disc. Oh yeah. So the IC as people that are super analytical, they want to have process driven. And they are the people that they probably pull they put it in this position as a leader because they do a really excellent job and processes and managing. But they are not really good leaders because they they have to have this perfectionist number one that this scares them to do actually do things in a better way. I if if I'm working with somebody that's in my accounting department, I see. That's what I want. I want to know that the numbers on my financials were prepared by somebody with a high C. Attention to details. The person I get I did have somebody in that role that was a perfectionist and she would chase to find out where 17 cents went for two hours. Like it's a two minute search for 17 cents. Let's just do a journal entry on 17 cents, you know, but that's, I mean, that was the plus side of the high C, but also with the perfectionism, because you got to watch out for that with those high C people. Those are the ones that are going to be the the most likely to be perfectionists, right? Yeah. More likely, more likely, but also that we have all the leaders that they still have to looking at, oh my God, is this working? And if it's not working, so they have this fear of uncertainty. So they won't, they won't be able to manage the uncertain level since they don't know if this is going to be working or not working. So they always look in, okay, so what is the system that actually can mirror because they know that it works. So they feel more comfortable because they know that they have a hundred percent certainty. But when some leaders are trying to do something new, for example, those, uh, I have those companies that they do mass ref. They hire so many people, you know, new people, they re- reinvent the organization. They put different departments, they put different leaders and managers in different sections. And then they get completely like their mindset is completely stopped there. They were like overwhelmed. They feel completely overwhelmed. They don't know what to do because they feel like there's so many changes in one time. Right. And when they do that, we can jump into the culture piece right now a little bit, right? Because that was yes. number two, right? So what do you see that when they do that, what happens to the culture and what are the pitfalls that they have to watch out for? Okay, so this is a simple... I would say definition about culture. You as a leader, you are your culture. Depending on how much you think, how do you think, how do you have it start, everything that you do as a leader or as a CEO, you are the culture of your organization. 
So why is this? Because every leader that you're going to have in your organization or every employee, they're going to match who is the CEO, how the CEO acts, how the CEO say hello, for example, to every employee when they come to the building, how they, the CEO answer an email, how the CEO dress, what kind of card they have. So everyone is going to be trying to do this match and mirror just to make sure that they can have the connection. But if this leader doesn't have a really good mindset, for example, you know, being empathized with the employees and then love is, is one of the things that I teach is about leading from your heart because that's a servant leader, you know, let me serve my people, let me serve my community, let me serve everybody with my product. So if they lack all those things, all the people that they are leading behind or following them, they're going to be actually now doing well because of the mindset of the top leaders. So that's what I said, that culture is you as a leader. Do so you, when go ahead. So when they are trying to, you know, because this is a misconception about culture, they feel like, oh, uh, culture is the people. Yes, but I start from the top. Mm-hmm. And then when they are reorganization, they do, the, you know, these different departments and hiring different people. They, if they don't set the same values, the same mission, the same vision, they, they don't share that all over across the organization, that's when the organization falls. Do you do any teaching around how to align that culture when you're exactly. doing this? Okay. Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah. So years ago, um, I had a mentor named Keith Cunningham. You may know Keith. And um, he, we had this conversation. He said, oh, well, you've got a culture problem in your business. I said, no, I don't. He said, yes, you do. Um, okay, whatever. That's your opinion. And six months later, I went, holy shit, I've got a culture problem. <laughs> <laughs> which tells me when somebody's got a little bit more experience, a little bit more gray in the beard, uh, you should listen to them once in a while. Um, pride, right? Pride got in my way. I thought because I had these core values that I had a culture, but the core values mean nothing if people don't follow them. And so what I, what I realized is I live those core values. I need to make sure that my leadership team has those core values so that then they can make sure the core values go to the next level and so on. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I went so far as to letting go one of the best, highest uh, producing fabricators at, we were a manufacturing company. I'd look at reports and he'd make all kinds of money. I got rid of him because he didn't fit culturally and my overall productivity went up. Mm-hmm. And as I analyzed that, it was because he was so good, but he made everyone around him feel so small and bad that they didn't they didn't show up in the fullest capacity that they could. So once I removed the cancer of the attitude out, everybody else's production went up, which made up more than made up for the loss of my top guy. Wow, it's crazy. So yes, this is happening. That's when I I can work with organizations. The first thing that I, we do is to have the first training that we have is disc training because or the workshop because we want to know who is everyone, who they act, what is the motive, what they think, how they react, how they connect to each other, and that way everyone knows who are in the table. How is actually in my team? Who is my color? 
who I can connect with and better. How actually, you know, this is one thing that I always talk in my when I'm speaking to a podcast, when a presentation is that the first thing is that your communication is not about you, it's about them. So with this workshop, they actually will be able to communicate better with the other person instead of just be thinking about like the example that you just shared. Hey, I can do this. Uh, this is how people feel about me. This person with the training will be able to actually think, oh, uh, I cannot interrupt the C person and C personality because this person is going to feel like I'm wasting my time. I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> right. Yeah, so I, I, I go so far as to, and I'm going to be working with an, uh, another uh, CEO here at the first year getting this set up for him, is that when we do the DISC profile, we will set a preferred DISC profile for the job. So I don't want somebody who is a high I, which is interactive in an accounting role. I don't want somebody that's a low I as an outside salesperson. Both of those people may be very skilled and they'll can do those jobs that don't align with their personality well in the short run because they're producers, but they won't be there long-term because it doesn't fit their profile. So we actually say, you know, I need in this order, I need C, S, like I mean, counting was probably C, S, D, I. I need that person to be highly detailed S is safety. So they, they, they're longer term employees. I don't want turnover in that role. Mm -hmm. um, I don't need them to make decisions. Just I need them to be very process driven. So the lower the D and I, you know what? Just love your computer screen. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And so that's how I would set that role up where an outside salesperson, I want a high I. I want those people to be gregarious and, 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 and then that just gets you to the point where, okay, I've got the person that could potentially fit in that role with the right personality. Yes, that's exactly what we do. We do the disc um, profiling for every role. So they know that's how they actually retain and attract talent because they have a visual of profitability or who is that employee is going to be joined to the company and if they really because i comes to sometimes examples of companies that they feel like oh candy but i love this employee and i tell and i told them i said he is not a good leader he or she is not a good leader how we can you know give them an opportunity to do something else and they were like no we want to keep them so this is the 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 pride thing that maybe the friendship or maybe they feel like I cannot do this. This is not comfortable, but most importantly, everyone in every job, they need to have a type of personality skills and it comes, they need to know because everyone that when they come for the company to do an interview, for example, if I going to do interview for your organization, they say it, I will do my best. And then during the interview, they doesn't mean that I'm going to be my best in my job. Right. Right. So one of the things that I had set up um, when we were doing a lot of hiring, it was create the disc profile. And before anybody comes in for an interview, I have them do the disc profile and you get it free on TonyRobbins.com. You scroll down to the bottom. There's a disc profile you can get for free. And then you email it to us. And then my team will make, will, will call you to set up the interview. Now, if it doesn't fit, then there'll just be a call and said, hey, we're going in a different direction. 
But if it does fit, then all we're doing on our first 15 minute interview is, you know, trying to get, do we think yes or no, this person's a good cultural fit, Mm -hmm. not even a skill set fit, cultural fit. Culture fit. Yeah. Because they have to have the same values because, you know, if the company feel like, oh, we got to work and serve our clients, but the other person is thinking about money, it's going to be conflict. Yeah. Because the other... This is a really hard concept, I think, for business leaders to get how important the culture is. Why? Because number one, you got the pride thing in the in the beginning. And if you're a leader, you made it to the top. Why? Because you've been the best at what you can do. And so mm-hmm. I fell into this trap. Well, this is what everybody would do. <laughs> right? Nah. <No. laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. So one of the things that I learned from, you know, for example, from an Apple company and those Microsoft is that you have to make a difference. You have to do something completely out of their or the ordinary to be different and to actually succeed in business, especially as a leader. So if we have, you know, this is this is a misconception that also we found about leadership is that they say, oh, because I'm not a manager, I am not a, and a supervisor, I'm not a leader, or I don't have a team, I'm not a leader. And then when I talk to the CEO, they say, okay, so we're going to have a, a leadership training. So I want everyone in the training. Mm-hmm. And they were yeah. like, how are we going to do this? So well, we can do 50% today. And 50% so we can still function with the organization, but we need to have everyone. And they were like so rejected. So, you know, the pride comments because then they, the belief system that they think is, oh, no, only the top are the leaders. And that is completely not true. Everyone is a leader. And then when we treat, when we connect with these people in every level, level that they are completely 100% leaders, the organization culture is going to explode. The motivation is going to explode because just for example, if I am a receptionist and my CEO called me, hey, we're going to have a leadership training for you. She's going to feel like, what? Uh (laughs) I am just somebody who answered the phone, right? But this person is going to be completely out of the blue and feel like, oh my God, why did you do this to me? Well, oh my God, oh dear, I feel so excited. They feel like, oh my God, my, my manager just called me for the leadership training. They feel important. They we we actually feed the, the pride, the ego. <laughs> we feed the motivation. We feed the possibility to advance in the company. And we can actually align everybody on the same thing for the company. So that's what we do as a culture for anybody, even for the bell guy on the hotel. Hey, you kind of come for a leadership training. They're like, leadership. I don't need anybody. I just Great and so anybody. when you bring in these low, the, 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 I don't want to say low end people, the low end employees or the, the frontline, the, the entry level employees, that's the word, word I'm looking for. When you bring in the entry level employees, what kind of basic leadership are you trying to seed their brain with? Okay. So the first thing that we do is um, because first we have the rejection at the beginning and we have to explain why the reason and the intention for the training, then on those trainings, what we do is first is explain about the culture, about the organization, core values, mission, vision, they, they have a clarity of who the organization is about. And the other part is about how to communicate and how to connect with anyone. 
because what leads to a lack of dysfunction of the company is communication. And this is not a science. Everyone talks about communication. Everybody said, oh, yes, I need to communicate better. But the problem is they don't do that. So when we force or we, we encourage them to implement this training, so to make sure that they have the facility to, for example, to identify anybody when they come and they feel frustrated. So they have a different way to communicate and have this conversation with this person. They can have somebody who is coming with, for example, frustrated or maybe happy or maybe completely like, I want to give up or I return my product. They, ha they can have this meaningful, meaningful conversation with this person from every level, level of the organization. Right. That's the key. Because if I train only the leaders and let the leaders train their team, you know what happens when we have this exercise, when you call somebody and give the message and you leave the oh, message. Oh, the, the operating, like, yeah. <laughs> the last one is going to hear completely something totally completely different. So we had to put all those people in the same place, in the same level, and the same instructor so they can get the same information. Okay. But then when they live it, though, the, the managers need to handle that or the leaders or let me ask you that just made me i said two words there managers and leaders is that is that different in your world well a leader mm -hmm. is somebody who is aspiring leader you know who actually they cannot have the title they it can be anyone and somebody who can influence anybody influence themselves influence anybody that's why we said Leadership is influenced something else, nothing more. You know, that's it. That's what leadership is. Managers, somebody who is managing the process, managing the people, managing to make sure that everyone is doing their job. But to actually level up and become a leadership, you know, because my program is a leadership coach academy. So they have to become not just leaders, you know, they're managers. But they have to go to the next level to go and become a better leader so mm -hmm. they can connect and manage the people. But also as a coach, they will be able to even find out what's going on. You know, those people with well-being or mental health, they have so many issues. So the, this leader will be able to, to with one or two questions, break through, move this person moving forward, and they can go back to the jobs. You know, it's, it's just simple questions that they need to learn. So that's the difference between a leader and manager. It's just one leads the people more inspiring, connecting very freely, and the manager just focus on the process. Yeah, I and I like what you said there. The leader doesn't need to have, be this person with the title, right? And I learned this. I had a, a woman who was a general manager in the company, the last company I worked with before I bought my first business. And we went live on this computer software, and I was the sales person that was that was in charge for of the implementation phase and training everybody else on it right and it was going awful it was it, they the company picked the wrong software which i figured out within an hour of being shown the software on the first day went up implementation I'm like this isn't going to work you guys and here's why major modification to the software so it was a nightmare it was something was supposed to take 90 days took like 18 months it was just awful anyway mm -hmm. so we're going live on this and it's just it's an epic disaster and i i freaking lost it at one time and this 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 woman that was a general manager of ops she came in she goes 
I need you to understand something. You are the leader of the entire sales branch in Portland. It's not the sales manager. It's you. However you go, whatever your attitude is, that whole team will follow you. It's not Tony, it's you. And that lesson stuck with me. So when I became, when I got my own business, I could identify those people that didn't have the title, but they were the leaders and I could work to empower them and make them understand however you go is however high the team goes. I may have had the wrong person in the ops manager role. He may have just been a manager and not a leader. And his foreman was the leader. And so, um, so yeah, can you speak on that at all? And, and have you experienced anything like that? Yes. Uh, so just to go into different levels of leadership. So the lowest level of leadership is somebody who thinks that they are leader because they have the title. That's mm -hmm. the lowest leadership. The next one is self-leadership. So when somebody completely ownership of what they said, and they are 100% congruent. And we have the other level, the third one that is across leadership, because I can get along with everybody. And that's where you're, for example, you're explaining about this leader, that they are in a third level where they actually socialize with people, they connect with people, they love with people. And this is where everyone should be in you know, if, for example, they get into the BP, CEO, any C-suite leadership role, they actually, when they go to the next level, this leader will be able to, to connect with others. And since they have the whole connection with the co their whole corporation, they will be able to follow him because they love him. You know what I mean? He said, no, this guy is awesome. This is amazing. He connect, he could, you know, he's chip chop here. He always shared you know, Winston, all those little things. And then when he goes to the next level, everybody's going to follow him, whatever he said. So the most important part, you know, when people think that I'm a leader because I just got promoted, that is the lowest one. Yes. And you see that in a lot of places that are um, like uh, B B2C type things. Like at Costco, you have the area manager in returns. They got the title. And so now they just boss because I they didn't use the because I said so thing. And that doesn't inspire people, right? <laughs> you know, probably I will tell you when I, I exited the metal business recently, and um one of the biggest sources of pride that I have isn't the growth of that business, isn't all the amazing stuff we did. The biggest source of pride I get is when I get my former employees that are calling me up. And tell me what an impact I made on their lives. Beautiful. And, and it wasn't because I gave them a paycheck, right? Mm -hmm. And that's I think what you're where you say um, when you when you get to that point in that level of leadership where it becomes more about the other person and, and yes. what you can give. Exactly, and it's all about how we connect with others. You know, I was talking about how to become a master in networking because I do networking a lot. You know, I connect with a lot of people. I go to CEO Connect, CEO Console in different cities and different, even virtually. So when we connect with other people, I don't talk about myself at mm -hmm. all. I ask questions. Why? Because people love talking about themselves. So yeah. as a lead, as a great leader, just be clear, everyone is a leader, but if you want to go to the next step, every great leader will ask the questions first and control the conversation. 
It means right. that we'll ask, hey, JP, where are you from? What are you doing? What are your aspirations? What are your purpose? What, what do you got here? How did you got here? How would you become a leader? You know, all those questions. And the person will share tons of information. And then when you finish five to 10 minutes conversation, they will love you. Yes, because they did all the talking. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, oh my God, can they listen to me? Can they understand me? Can they really, really connect with me? She has really meaningful conversations, all those things, you know, that's basically the basis of connection and improve yes. the communication from one leader to another one. So, you know, remember there are, there are different levels. So depending on your expertise, depending on, on your environment, you're going to act differently. Yeah. Sometimes I just don't ask questions. I just listen, you know. It's interesting because I never thought about it this way until until just talking with you. But our number two core value inside of our company is love. I mean, and we say show other people, show others you care. That's that's leadership. It's a leadership. Love and leadership. That's uh yes, leading from your heart. <laughs> you you've already you've already trained me up. See, so every Every interaction that I get to have on one of these podcasts makes me a better leader myself. That's what I love love about seeing this. I'd like to I'd like to talk to you about uh, I, as I was I was checking your Facebook out and I saw all these pictures of you up on stage and whatnot. Tell me a little bit about your public speaking and how you got into that. Oh, public speaking. Okay, so it was many years ago. One of my good friends. And I remember I was having a job with $15 an hour. He saw me like I was watching people, you know, on YouTube, the recordings. And I feel, oh, my God, I love teaching. I love teaching. I love teaching. And just so a little bit of background, I love Zumba, too. So I used to be a Zumba instructor. So I always be in a stage, you know, dancing. And I love this. But I always feel like how I can share my knowledge because I have a, something to give, but I didn't know how. So this manager, a good friend of mine, and he is one of my best friends currently, he called me. He said, Candy, I need you to do this training. I feel like, what? You know, my English is second language. I, I basically, I was speaking in Spanglish at that time. <laughs> <laughs> I never had any training to speak into it in front of anybody. And he just threw me in front of 500 people for the whole organization. Of course, there's many words that I was not pronunciated very correctly because I didn't know how, but I did it anyway. And then when I was on a stage, I was so fascinated that I feel like I would love to have this as a career. <laughs> I didn't know how. I just made my intention that day that it's going to happen, but I didn't know how. So that's when I start like, you know, for every company that I was working as an HR professional, I got involved with onboarding, training and development, training about healthcare, training about, you know, make sure that all the employees know what to do, how to connect with people, you know, different programs. Also, I helped with the manager. So I started speaking and the first thing that I was doing some virtual training, I literally have a script next to me because I was so afraid to mess up in the words. <laughs> So that's how I actually started. And then when people start seeing me and listen to me, what I have to say, what I have to share, they can just start connecting to me. Hey, Candy, can you come here? Can you, can you do this for us? Can, can you please come for this meeting? Can you share this knowledge? So that's when everything started. Okay. That's great. And then how do you stay plugged into that at this point? Is it just your clients that are hitting you up and saying, come speak it to our company? Or are you proactively going out there and 
trying to make it happen? So how I connect with people. So I have a C-suite leadership journey that I just started like two months ago. But before that, I used to have these CEO lunches. You know, when when pandemic was, we were doing the CEO lunches virtually, you know, to Zoom. But then after that, you know, this year we started going out and had that conversation. So every time that they come to me, we connect. They always see me, oh, my God, you speak in a case, you know, you speak Spanish and you share this story, especially because I'm part of this collaboration book chosen that I share a little bit of leadership um, story about my life. So when they see this, like, oh, I would love to have you in my community. But basically, the most important part to become a better in speaking is stages is to have you on stage. And that's what I create the C-suite leadership journey that i shared in youtube and facebook but i also i do live event you know in in facebook or linkedin so mm-hmm. people can see me and they when they see me they're gonna oh candy i would love to have you here so right but the most part is yeah you have to focus on three things that they like you they love you and they want to you to be an impact their audience so Great. So what topics uh, do you speak about? Are there, is it, is it just into the leadership or do we get into more de- granular detail when you're speaking? Well, so I know that, for example, in the Tampa area, I'm being known as a networker master because I'm in all events and always connecting with people. So when I first thing I do is, you know, take a picture, exchange number, have a meaningful conversation. And that's how I connect. So I share a bunch of pictures. I, I feel like I'm a guru in selfies. They were like, Candy, you always take my <laughs> selfies. <laughs> but that is one thing I, I've been known here. But at the other part in the HR world, they always connect with me when they want to have any speaking about talent. You know, mm-hmm. I say, okay, so how is the recruitment process? How we can improve the recruitment process? So I speak about those things. The other one is about how you can attract talent to your organization. The other one that I have been speaking lately is is about how to become the best leader of your organization. So I don't want to say it because maybe maybe I can say it. you you gotta be a badass leader. That's all you need to be, you know, badass That's leader. Right. So you just need to be a badass leader. So they call me and say, Candy, can you speak about those things because we want to hear what you have to share. Yeah, no, that's great. You don't you can say badass on here. One of the I look at. Uh, for me, I do this morning ritual and I do, it covers five areas of my life. It's fitness, faith, family, finance, and then fun and badassery. So I tell you, you're working with me. We got badassery in the language. So, um, <laughs> so um, Candy, how can we get a hold of you and what uh, kind of offerings do you have currently? And do you have any events coming up? Yes. So December 12th, I'm going to start a five-day masterclass. It's going to be only for leaders and CEOs who wants to improve their communication style so they can become a better influencer. Because remember, leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing else. So I have this event next week. So if you are interested, just connect with me. Send me a message uh, to support at candywindom.com. And my assistant will be able to help them to register for that event. It's going to be five days straight amazing training, 100% free. You just have to provide a donation to any nonprofit that you want to support and show me the receive, and then you are in. <laughs> that is beautiful. 
contribution. Yes. That's yes. awesome. So I, love, I, I love, love, love that. Great. Yes. Good for you. Is that a Zoom call then? Yes, it's going to be virtually. It's a Zoom call and, and it's very interactive. So it's going to be a call for 90 minutes every day. 90 minutes. <laughs> okay, great. Mm-hmm. And beyond that, what do we got? What else can we be reaching out to you for? Okay, so I am Facebook and LinkedIn and Instagram. You can find me as a candy window. Connect with me. And I reply to all my messages. I never have any messages without answered. Okay. Uh, Probably I have a lot of people that doesn't answer me, but (laughs) I answered to all of them. (laughs) Good. Uh, Candy, it was great getting to know you a little bit. Um, Know that I'm here for you if you ever need, you know, just a, a, a new perspective on something. Love to collaborate with you any way that I can help you. I appreciate you being here. And it was just a a pleasure meeting with you today. No, thank you so much for having me here, JP. This is an honor. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. And have a great uh, holiday. You too.